And now it's time for Dave's Disney View Podcast. Please move across your car to make room for everyone. Our podcast will begin momentarily. Join Dave as he makes his Grand Circle tour around the Walt Disney World Resort. Dave is a dreamer and an engineer who enjoys the magic and wonder of it all. But he understands its place in history and respects the legacy that's been left. So come along and take a listen to Dave's thoughts about the Walt Disney World Resorts and see it through Dave's eyes. Please stand clear of the podcaster. Por favor, manténganse alejado del David. And now, here's your host. Hey everyone, it's Dave. Welcome to another edition of Dave's Disney View Podcast. On today's podcast, I thought I'd do something a little different and sort of do a introduction to Walt Disney World or a Disney 101 or maybe Disney World for novices. So I'd like to kind of take you through and explain what the Walt Disney World Resort is all about and what you can do while you're there. So to start off with, what you, what you have to realize is there are four theme parks at the Walt Disney World Resort. So you have the Magic Kingdom, uh, which is the original resort that uh, Walt built, or Walt planned. I guess he wasn't there for all of the build of it. Um, and uh, I'll, t- I'll explain what it is in just a minute. You have the Epcot Center, uh, which is the second, uh, the, uh, second theme park that was built. And then you have the uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios, which was originally built as Disney's MGM Studios, changed names over the years. And then fourth is the Animal Kingdom. So those are the four theme parks. Now, as far as what the theme parks are and what they do, the Magic Kingdom being the first one, that was the part of Walt's vision of building this Disneyland East and sort of having this idea of basically having a sort of technology park where you could explore all the latest and greatest technologies And you would have a theme park that kind of supported that to a large degree because you have to pay for that in some way, the infrastructure and all of that stuff. So the theme park was really set up to be a part of that. And that's the Magic Kingdom, and that's the one that most closely resembles Disneyland with Main Street USA and all of the uh, themed lands, all arranged around a uh, radial pattern where you have all of the fun rides and attractions that you may be familiar with, the Pirates of the Caribbean, the Haunted Mansion, Space Mountain, and so forth. So that's the uh, first theme park. Now, the reason that it's separated out, it's got an unusual layout in a sense where you have to actually park in a parking lot that's kind of far away and then take the monorail from the parking lot to get to the Magic Kingdom. Now, you can also take a ferry boat if you like, or if you happen to be staying at a resort on property, you can take a bus that'll take you right to the entrance. But otherwise, you have to go to what's called the Transportation and Ticket Center. And the reason for that is, when Walt was planning up his giant uh, technology park, he had this idea of having people come through a main entrance and have to go through the technology park, park in order to get to the Magic Kingdom. So the way to accomplish that was by having it separated out, and you had a parking place outside, and then you had to take the monorail in. So that way you had a chance to kind of see it and experience it and work your way in. So it's kind of an unusual layout in that sense, unlike Disneyland and any of the other uh, Disney parks around the world that are arranged like that. You have to actually park and take the monorail to get there, which is kind of unusual but kind of cool in its own way because it builds the hype and the magic just a little bit, so you have to do it. So that's the, uh, the Magic Kingdom Park. Now, Epcot is the park that's really two parks in one. You have Future World and World Showcase. World Showcase uh, showcases lands from around the world, so you basically have different countries represented in some small way. When it opened in the early 1980s, it really was a way to see the world easily, kind of in one place. And they bring in cast members from different parts of the world to come in and be a part of the whole experience so that you're immersed in the experience of being in that country. So say you're in the Norway Pavilion, there are people actually from Norway working in the Norway Pavilion, 
and you're there and you're able to experience uh, a taste of Norway. It's not quite like being there, but it's like being there light. So you get a chance to kind of experience it in one place. So there's 11 countries and you can go and visit them and you don't need a passport. So it's kind of a fun way to, to look at it. The other part is the uh, Future World, where Future World has uh, a couple of different things, like interventions that showcases some technology and sort of the way Walt wanted, sort of, kind of, not really. But it kind of showcases some technology. And then you also have some of the other uh, pavilions that support sort of ideas and concepts. So you have like the Living Seas and the Universe of Energy and Test Track and um, other things like that that kind of fit in with environmental sciences and sort of the understanding of ourselves and our world. So it's kind of a cool idea. Um, in, in context, it's kind of neat and it spend, you can spend a little time there. Actually, you can spend a lot of time there exploring through the different pavilions and uh, seeing some of the things that go on. And of course, in Epcot, you've got a few fun thrill rides. Uh, for example, the Mission Space Ride and Soren are two of the uh, popular attractions that people go for. So Epcot has an interesting kind of layout, and you can actually park right in the parking lot in front of Epcot. The third theme park was originally designed to be a real working movie studio, and that's the Disney Hollywood Studios. And while it was designed to be a real working movie studio, over time it never really blossomed into that. Uh, that was Michael Eisner's vision. He was the person behind that one. And it never really blossomed to be exactly what he wanted it to be. So now it's sort of in a mixed state. You have some interesting little exhibits and shows that they do, and a lot of character meet and greets, and then maybe one or two kind of cool uh, attractions that you can see. There's Toy Story Midway Mania, and there's uh, the Tower of Terror, and there's the Rock and Roller Coaster. So the Hollywood Studios is, can be a lot of fun. It's sort of a nostalgic look at the history of motion pictures and televisions to a large degree, and then this other stuff. Then there's the uh, Star Wars-themed land, where you have a little bit of area of Star Wars, and you've got the uh, Star Tours ride, which is really, really cool. Hopefully Disney will expand on that in the future and build more Star Wars-themed things, but for the moment, that's the way it looks. The fourth theme park is the Animal Kingdom. The Animal Kingdom kind of builds on a vision that Walt had originally, where he was thinking about having some sort of a zoo that wasn't a zoo. So when he thought about the Jungle Cruise, he was thinking about making a zoo of sorts, you know, putting live animals in there, but it never really came together. It wasn't gonna, he wasn't going to be able to get the animals to do what he wanted them to do, so it never happened, and he built the auto, audio animatronics to be there instead. So when they started to think about what they could do for uh, building on that philosophy, they came up with the idea of having a zoo that wasn't a zoo. So they call it not a zoo. And when you go there, it's got some zoo elements to it, so you can kind of see uh, the animals out in the savanna and so forth. Then there's a few attractions that you can enjoy and really immerse yourself in the experience of being in either Africa or Asia or Dinoland and get a feel for kind of what it's like to be in those areas. There's really nothing about it that's, that's overwhelming, but it's a lot of fun and it's very immersive and you've got a few attractions there like the Kilimanjaro Safaris and Expedition Everest and uh, the uh, Cali River Rapids that make it kind of fun. So you can take advantage of those. So again, parking is right in front of the park, and you can go right into the, uh, to the theme park. Now, those are the four paywall attractions. You have to pay to park in the parking lot, and then you have to pay to go into it as a theme park admission. So that's the, the way the major theme parks are laid out. But Disney World is so much more. So you have an area that's currently called Downtown Disney, or is being renovated to be Disney Springs. Now, that's a free-to-go-into type of area, where they have shops and restaurants and dining and a little bit of nightlife, where you can go around and experience that. Now, what it's going to turn out to be when it becomes Disney Springs and it's finished, who exactly knows? But you do have Cirque du Soleil, Disney Quest, there's a movie theater, and there are a lot of restaurants. So you can go in and experience any of those at any time. 
and you don't need to pay an admission charge to be able to get into the area. You just show up there and you can go in. Now, the other thing you have is uh, the boardwalk. Now, the boardwalk exists in the area between where Epcot and the Hollywood Studios are. And there are some uh, hotels in there, uh, some resort hotels. And there's also a, an area where they have some restaurants and shops and a little bit of nightlife going on. So you can see some different things and experience some things that you might not otherwise get to see. Again, this area is free and open anytime you want to go there. So you can just head in, check it out, and enjoy it. Unless we forget, there are also two water parks which you can visit. And the water parks allow you an opportunity to spend a day or part of a day frolicking, having fun, riding down water slides, and having a really pretty good time. Both of the water parks are a lot of fun, and they're themed very well, and there's a lot of fun things you can do there. So you can just enjoy yourself for the better part of a day. They're ticketed in a way where you are paying for basically the whole day at the, at the water park. And most people choose to go there in the morning and then leave in the afternoon and go somewhere else. And that means there's an opportunity for you to go in the afternoon and enjoy the water park a little bit uh, differently with fewer people there. Because a lot of times the water park will fill up in the mornings, and, if, and that means that there's not as much time to go around and enjoy it, and there's longer lines at the rides and so forth. But they're a lot of fun, and they're a great way to spend part of your day, at least a few hours. And it's not that expensive, and you can include it with a water parks and more option on your park ticket. So you can buy a park ticket that includes water parks and more, and the incremental cost is relatively small. And the other option you have for entertaining yourself is that Disney has three, count them three, miniature golf courses right there on Disney property. You've got the Fantasia Mini Golf, the Winter Land, and the Summer Land golf courses. Now, Fantasia Mini Golf is near the boardwalk, while the Winter and Summer Lands are both near Blizzard Beach. So you can go to any of those and enjoy those for a couple of hours and 18 holes of mini golf. It's always a lot of fun, and they're themed well, and they do a nice job with the start times, so you don't have people on top of you the whole time you're going from hole to hole. And it's really kind of nice. And the cost is eh, competitive with what you would think about for a miniature golf course. And the cool part is if you go to a second golf course in the same day, it's half off. So you go to one, you pay the full price. You go to the second one, you pay half price. So that actually works out pretty well. And you can kind of go and have some fun and, you know, just enjoy yourself while you're miniature golfing. And they're pretty nice courses. They're well-maintained and they're a lot of fun and they're kind of themed to Disney. And, well, it's something to do that's kind of outside of the norm, and it's, it's really pretty fun. Now, turning for a minute to transportation. Transportation, you have to be able to get from point A to point B. And if you stay at any of the Disney resort hotels, whether it's a value resort, a moderate resort, a deluxe resort, or a Disney Vacation Club property, you'll be able to use the bus service primarily to get from point A to point B. Buses are provided throughout the day, about every 20 minutes to every def destination. You have to kind of check the chart to see where you want to go because there's a lot of destinations to go to. And then you can get to where you want to go. Sometimes a transfer is required, but the bus service is essentially free because it's included with the cost of staying at the resort hotel. So you don't have to worry about paying an extra fee for that. But buses are not the only way to get around the Walt Disney World Resort. There are plenty of other ways to get around. For example, the monorail. Now, the monorail has three loops. It actually goes on the resort loop, which goes from the Transportation and Ticket Center to the Polynesian Hotel, the Grand Floridian Hotel, the uh, Magic Kingdom entrance, and then the Contemporary Hotel, and then back to the Transportation and Ticket Center. You also have the Express Loop, which goes from that Transportation and Ticket Center directly to the Magic Kingdom and back. And then there's an Epcot line that goes from the Transportation and Ticket Center to Epcot. So it makes it fairly easy to get around if you're going to any of those destinations. There are also a number of ferries and boats that go different locations, so you can take those to go to different places. Just check wherever you are. If there's, wa if there's a waterway there, there's probably a way to get somewhere else via a boat. So there are boats that go from the boardwalk area to the Hollywood Studios and to Epcot. 
There are boats that go around to all the resorts on the uh, Seven Seas Lagoon. And there are many other ways to get around on the watercraft as well. So it's a great opportunity to kind of travel around that way. Now, things you can do outside of that. So you're staying at one of the other hotels. Each of the hotels has a pool that's heated, uh, whether it's a value resort or a vacation club or anything in between. So you can go to any of those that you're staying at and enjoy the pool. The higher the resort, the more amenities that it has. So starting at the value resort and working your way up. And whether you're a guest or not, you can visit any of the resorts and go and explore it all you want. And if there are any additional little services that they're offering for a small fee, you can take advantage of those regardless. So you can go in and explore out some of the things that are going on, and if you wanted to take the morning safari or the pirate adventure, you could do those if you wanted to go visit those resorts. Then you have uh, Fort Wilderness, which is the campground. The campground is kind of an odd exception to all the rules because you can go there and you can camp, whether you're in a camper or whether you want to put up a tent, and you can go hang out and enjoy yourself and enjoy the amenities of a really low-wattage camping. It's like the most fun camping you'll ever experience, and everything's kind of disnified, and it's, it's a lot nicer than most campgrounds. You've got great bathrooms, and everything's clean, and it's a wonderful place to go. So you can go in there and hang out and enjoy yourself and uh, stay there as your uh, vacation uh, destination. And while you're there, you can take advantage of some of the amenities there, like the campfire movie, horseback riding, and a lot of outdoor activities that they offer. So don't miss that if you're going to be staying at the campgrounds. It's a lot of fun. So you can kind of see how everything fits together. There's a lot of things that you can do and see and enjoy. It's not just going to the four theme parks. In fact, if you listen to my podcast, what you'll find is that sometimes I go up there and I really don't take advantage of the theme parks at all. I just go in and enjoy some of the amenities. Now, I even like to do something that's called resort hopping. And basically what you do is go into the resorts during Christmas time. And you go and enjoy all of the decorations and amenities and all of the things they got up. And sometimes you'll see carolers standing there, and sometimes there'll be other activities going on, and you can take advantage of them and kind of enjoy them while you're walking through the uh, resorts. And it's a lot of fun, and it's a good way to do that. You can uh, just kind of take advantage of it and just take in the sights just by walking into the resort hotel. But let's be honest, most people who come to Disney World really want to go to the theme parks. So what most people will do is plan an itinerary where they have maybe a five-day vacation, and they're planning on going into the parks the better part of four days. And they may mix and match the parks they go to. There is a thing called park hopping that you can do. It's an additional service that you can add on. And park hopping allows you to go to multiple theme parks in the same day. Traditionally, a ticket will let you go into one theme park for the day, though you can come and go from it as you please. So say you're staying at the Contemporary Resort Hotel. Maybe you go over to the Magic Kingdom when the rope drops, and maybe there's an early entry at 8 o'clock. And you're there in the park, and you're enjoying yourself and whatever, and then you go back to your hotel right after lunch and take a nap or hit the pool, and then come back in the evenings to go experience the park again at night. Certainly you can do that with your theme park admission. But if you wanted to go to one park and then go to another park in the evening, like let's say you you did the thing where you went walked over to the Magic Kingdom in the morning and spent your morning over there, and then after lunch you went back to your hotel and took a swim in the pool, a little nap, and then you wanted to go over to Epcot in the evenings. You could certainly do that, and you could just jump on the monorail, let's say, from the Contemporary, go to the Transportation and Ticket Center, switch over and go to the Epcot line, and then you're in Epcot. And you could spend the evening there. As long as you have a park hopper ticket of some sort, you can do that. So you have an opportunity to really experience and enjoy it in the way that you see fit. Now, the theme parks, for the most part, offer some sort of a fireworks show at the end of the evening and also offer a parade during the day. So in the Magic Kingdom, while the Celebrate a Dream Come True parade just ended, uh, they're not doing that one at the moment, but they're going to add some other parade in the afternoon. There's a 3 o'clock parade in the afternoons, and there'll be a new one starting soon. 
and they also do the Main Street Electrical Parade in the evenings. So you get to see two parades for the price of one just with your theme park admission. And there's also the Wishes Fireworks Show that goes on at night. So that's a really fun way to kind of close out your night and enjoy yourself. Now, over in Epcot, they don't currently do a parade, but they do have illuminations every evening, and that's a great big fireworks and laser spectacular that they do around the the, uh, lagoon there with the giant earth in the middle that's got a, a visual thing on it that lets you see different images, and it's really, really cool, and it's a lot of fun, and it's worth staying for. Now, over at the Hollywood Studios, there is not currently a daytime parade or an evening parade, for that matter. But they do Fantasmic in the evenings, and it's this tremendously big show that they have that they put on, and it includes a lot of Disney characters and some fireworks, and it's Mickey as the sorcerer going around and making things right. And it's very clever, and they do a nice job of doing that. And over at the Animal Kingdom, there is a parade during the day that they do in the afternoons, but there is no fireworks show at the end of the evening. Um, And I think the the main reason they don't do the fireworks is they're trying to protect the animals because the the noise would probably be too much. But you can enjoy the parade, and it's a lot of fun. You can kind of uh, get into Mickey's uh, Gem and Jungle Parade. And uh, there's a lot of fun there. And the other thing is that at any of the theme parks at any time, you never know what lies around any corner. There could be Streetmosphere, those those performers standing on the street doing some sort of act or some sort of uh, thing this impromptu that you can stand and enjoy. Uh, You may see some scheduled shows. You may see some uh, wandering minstrels or troops that are walking around. You might find something around a corner that you didn't expect, maybe a band. And there's always a surprise. Plus, of course, all the scheduled shows that go on. So there's always something to do and see, regardless of whether you ride the theme park attractions and you ride the thrill rides and whatever, you can always find something to do to occupy your time and have some fun. And that's really what makes it so special, is that you always have an opportunity to just take it all in. Now, I've been to Disney World literally hundreds of times, and as I, every time I go in, there's always a new nook or cranny that I haven't seen before, and something new that, that really catches my attention, and something that I haven't seen, and I, you know, sometimes I don't know what to make of it. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, but it's amazing to me how often it happens that there's something that's been there for a long time, and I've never seen it. Just because there's so many things to see, it's amazing how you can just kind of pass by something and may miss some things, even if you're a regular guest. So the thing is, when you're trying to plan your Disney vacation, you need to think about what you want to do. You know, how much do you want to be a commando in the park where you're just going from park to park, and how much do you want to take it in, and how much do you want to do the things outside the park? Hey, if you wanted to, you could go around a water sprite, I think they also call it a water mouse, and go around on the Seven Seas Lagoon in the Bay Lake and uh, drive around on a speedboat. Or... You could go parasailing, or you could go bass fishing, or you could go out on a nice cruise and watch the fireworks from out there. It's amazing the things that you can do if you really think ahead and start planning. If you can dream it, you can kind of do it. Uh, Disney will will find a way to make it work. If you want to have a wedding there and have a big plan, you can do that. I've known people who have proposed to their now spouses uh, at the Walt Disney World Resort, and there's lots of places you can do that. You can do it in an impromptu way, or you can do it with a planner and kind of figure it all out and come up with something really big and special, maybe even have a carriage ride or whatever. And, of course, you can do your wedding there if you want to as well. So there's lots of things you can do. And depending on what your level of interest is and how much you're willing to spend to a large degree, you can do almost anything. So you'll want to think about that as you're planning up your trip and thinking about what you want to do. Now, Disney does have their own travel agents. They're available online uh, or through the phone. If you call 407-W-DISNEY or you go online to WaltDisneyWorld.com, you can book through the, the website and pick some of the experiences that you want. Now, with this uh, My Magic Experience thing that they're doing, you can kind of pick and choose some of the things, and they'll prompt some things that they think you might enjoy. 
or you can call an authorized Disney travel agent. Now, an authorized Disney travel agent will let you kind of pick the things that you want, and they'll help you book a package that works for you. So supposing you want to be on vacation for a week, but you only want to visit the par- theme parks for a couple of days. That's great. Uh, maybe you want to you want to dine at all the high-end signature restaurants. Hey, that's fine, too. You can do that, and they'll help you to plan all that up. Or maybe you just want to keep it low-cost and go to the value resorts and just uh, be able to experience it but keep your costs down a little bit. They'll help you to plan that as well. And it doesn't cost you anything to use an authorized Disney travel agent. They will go ahead and provide all the services. They get paid back from Disney when they book a vacation for you. So it's a great way to kind of book a vacation, and you can call any of them and talk about the kind of trip you want, and they'll help you plan it. And, of course, there are numerous message forums, uh, Facebook pages, all kinds of other places where you can ask a question and kind of do some of your planning and thinking ahead of time. And, hey, if you want to, you can always send me an email to davesdisneyview at gmail.com, and I'm happy to answer any questions about your Disney vacation or any thoughts you might have about planning. I am, having been there a lot of times, I've got a lot of experience and can help with a lot of questions, so happy to help with those. And that just leaves one piece of business. How do you get from the airport, Orlando International Airport, to the Walt Disney World Resort? And the answer is, Disney offers Disney's Magical Express. If you're staying on property at the Walt Disney World Resort, they will pick you up at the baggage claim, help you get your bags, get them on the, on the bus for you, and then take you directly to your resort. It's an actually really cool service that allows you to not have to worry about transportation, whether you would take a taxi or a bus or a whatever, and you start your Disney vacation essentially the moment you get off the plane. And it's a really cool feature that's included if you're staying on property at Walt Disney World. And it's Disney's way to kind of help keep you on property and make sure you come there and don't go to the competitors. But it works out really well, and it makes it a lot easier to visit the Walt Disney World Resort. Well, I hope I've given you sort of an overview of what the Walt Disney World Resort is and sort of a primer on what you need to do. It's easy to get around once you're on the property. You can just kind of forget your, forget your worries, forget your troubles, and just kind of enjoy the, uh, the ride. So it's kind of fun. You can do a lot of things, and you can kind of plan it up however you'd like to have it, if that's what makes it special. So I hope I've given you a little bit of a taste for what it's all about and kind of so you understand where the paywalls are and kind of where to go and where the theme parks are and what other things you might be able to do. And uh, I hope that uh, kind of helps guide you a little bit in thinking about your, your first Disney vacation or perhaps your next Disney vacation as you start to think about it. Well, that's it for this week. I hope you've enjoyed it. And remember, if we can dream it, we really can do it. Bye now. Thank you for tuning in to the Disney View Podcast. Now, please exit the moving podcast. The walkway is moving at the same speed as your podcast. Kindly take small children by the hand and watch your head and step. If you have questions, thoughts, or would just like to ask Dave a question, please send an email to davesdisneyview at gmail.com. You can always find Dave's Disney View on Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. Show notes for this podcast can be found on DisneyWorldPodcast.net. Original music you hear in this podcast is courtesy of Sound A Music. You'll find a link to the latest Disney-related autism awareness event on the show notes page. We also encourage you to check out Dave's iPhone apps. There are a couple of Disney-related apps, including a Hidden Mickey's app and a pin trading app. 